I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to Muses. My name is Lynx, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of Muses. I am once again being joined by my friend, Lucretia Ty Jasmine. Thank you so much for coming back. We did an episode just a few months ago and it was so much fun. So I was really looking forward to doing another with you and I'm happy we got to do that like before the end of the year. Same here. Thank you for having me. This is just totally fun and cool. Yeah. You are a groupie expert. (laughs) So I have so much fun when I talk to you. You're one of those people who has just a wealth of knowledge on the topic and I do this, but I learn from you every time I talk to you as well. So it's always a pleasure. And this is an interesting topic. Today, we're not discussing a particular muse or groupie. We're kind of, in general, discussing the young groupie scene culture, especially, you know, back in the 70s and everything. And obviously, a heavy topic, a topic that certainly should be discussed I'm happy to be talking with you about this because I feel like we both, again, love and respect all of those women and understand some of those women were victimized, some weren't. Everyone has their story, right? And I don't know, this is just an interesting thing because I've been thinking about this since knowing that we were going to discuss it and trying to sort of stem kind of where it all comes from type of thing. Let's have a discussion. It's so interesting because I also was thinking just this morning because I was getting a little nervous and I realized part of it, the nervousness was because this is such a serious topic, underage sex in the music scene. Yeah. And I just thought, thank God I'm talking with Lakes because I know, first of all, I trust you. But second of all, you and I are completely cognizant of how Many of the underage groupies, especially during the 70s, a lot of them really were exercising free will and and agency and autonomy. Mm -hmm. And even though some were victimized, it's really important to look at the men and the musicians who are not underage. So I thought, you're the person who's going to understand that of everyone I can think of. You and I are completely going to understand, especially because... I mean, I can't speak for you, but I was sort of thinking, I remember being 14 so clearly. And I remember how much I wanted a rock star to pay attention to me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's the fascinating thing too. And I guess that's where 
you have to remember, even if they're sexualizing themselves, that's the time of a girl's life where you are learning about your sexuality. You are discovering those things in you. It doesn't mean you're ready to go out there and do it. It doesn't mean that an adult should take advantage of that just because like they feel they're ready, but that is such an important age for females getting to know themselves and learning about that. I, I feel like I remember too being that age and it's like, you don't even think that you can do certain things. Like I, I want a rock star. Okay. The idea of actually obtaining it like even if you attempted it, sometimes it's like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll flirt, I'll attempt. But you're not expecting to like actually get what you attempted for, you know? It's yes, totally. Especially because like if you grow up like I grew up in the '70s with arena rock, it these were huge stadiums. Yeah. How the heck was I gonna get that rock star when I'm way up in the nosebleeds seats to see even see me? Yeah, exactly. Also, again talking about just music in general from forever there is a glorification of teenage girls in music in the songs that's like always been there you can listen to songs in the 40s and the 50s there's a million of them and yeah when you're young and you're listening to these songs and you're idolizing these people and you're hearing them idolize your youth it's just a fascinating thing and I also it makes me think about Pamela's book I'm with the band where she talks about how like when she was what like 19 she was considered like old in the scene and like these young girls were coming in and I think I've read a quote too from like Sable being like I never want to be older than 14 because like that's what I guess attracted so many of these men to her like exactly it's like really I, okay, so I think also in Star Magazine, that magazine that's known as a groupie magazine, Yes, I think Sable Star is quoted as saying that all the other groupies are old. And those other groupies are like are 19. Yeah, they're still 20. teenagers. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. And so I think the two things that you've said that are so interesting to me are if you're that age, 14, 13, 15, 11 even, and you hear yourself and your youth being sexualized or idealized. I didn't relate to it that way because I felt so outside society. Like I really didn't feel it was even, I just, I felt so outside of everything. But I'm sure you're right though, that there were tons of listeners who saw themselves being idealized. That would be hard to, difficult to resist. Mm -hmm. To be, that would be difficult to resist wanting to be an object of desire. Yes. And, then, and then the other thing you said that's really interesting to me is how these songs, like, I think that was Chuck Berry, Sweet Little Sixteen. Yeah. It's like these songs are already, like here these men are on the radio. They're on the stage. They're in an elevated status, status. They're in an elevated status in our culture. And yeah. So that gives them even more power. And then if you see yourself in that song, even more enticing. And then, so I think about that because there's a song, I think it's Leonard Skinner, What's Your Name, Little Girl. Little Girl. Yeah. And then my mom was mentioning to me, just the other day, my mom said, hey, I want you to listen to that song by Rod Stewart, um, Tonight's the Night. I think there's a line in it where Rod Stewart says, don't say a word, my virgin child. <laughs> <laughs> it's so creepy. It's so creepy. Uh, so is that music video where he's just staring at Brit the whole time? My God. Oh, right. Brit Eklund. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I don't think I understood what that meant when I was a little girl, when I was a virgin child. But as, an, as a grown woman, that sounds really different to me. So yeah. I want to ask you about that, that links because I think that actually relates to what you're saying. When a person is just discovering their sexuality, that person may not comprehend the, the totality of don't say a word, my virgin child. Yeah, exactly. For sure. And that's a vulnerable time for everyone when they're discovering their sexuality, tapping into that, to be in a scene where that's appraised. And like these men were coming to LA and already knew about them. Like they were, they were famous. They like queens. First, they went for the guys. Then the guys 
went for them. And that's another like big power trip when you're that young. That's a lot. And yeah, if you know a lot of that has to do with the fact that you are underage, it must have been a lot to deal with. It, it must have been exciting. It must have been fun. It must have been scary. It's there's like a lot there. Like, and it is really interesting knowing how they did look at these women who are like three, four, or five years older than them as like old. And that's a negative. Everyone gets older. It's just crazy to me. But yeah, you have all these songs, you have all these guys coming in, you have all, and then it's like, I also, you, I think about the rock stars themselves who also idolized all these previous rock stars and songs and that culture too. I don't know. I feel like there's like a lot of conditioning there and like brainwashing and gaslighting and stuff. And like in regards to all the, all this music, even the Beatles have songs like about underage girls and she was just 17 and again i guess like some of these songs were written when they were maybe teenagers or 20 as well what do you think about the fact that like you have iggy pop writing a song where he literally says i slept with sable when she was 13 and they're putting these songs out at the time and no one is batting an eyelash over it and like you said, Star Magazine, a magazine made for and about young groupies. And again, like glorifying. Well, and the fact that Star Magazine was mostly written by a man. Yes. Most, of the, most of those articles were written by a man. And it actually wasn't even for groupies. It got the reputation as being for groupies. But a famous photographer, who I'm not, whose name I'm not going to mention, but a fam one of the famous photographers I interviewed who knew the people creating Star Magazine, he said that the idea was to create a playboy of, of underage girls. That was the idea. And like, so I wonder, I wasn't there. I don't know if that's true. It's just something someone else said that, you know, everyone's got different motives. I mean, there's, there's so many things here that you and I are talking about because I feel like Iggy Pop has gotten away with everything. And I, so have the Rolling Stones. They've gotten away with everything. Steven Tyler. They just get richer and more iconic and more entrenched in the Mount Rushmore of male power. You yeah. know, and it, it makes me, it, it, it makes me feel uh, like crying, but I want to, I don't want to be sad. So I want to focus on like how when a person is 14 or 13 and they're just discovering their sexuality, I discovered mine actually younger. I think there is a sense of fun, creativity, and power with that. So the question is, is how do we get to express it and explore it without being exploited? How do we have a culture that allows young girls and young boys to express what's natural and fun yeah. without, without it being sick? Yeah. How do, how do we do that? That's what I want to envision. So would it be that the older man, the rock star, doesn't actually have sex with the young person? Like, what would it be? I think for sure, in this case, it's the adult's responsibility to respect that person and what they're going through and know that even if in the long run it's not damaging to that young person, there's a possibility it can be and therefore should never, you should never cross that line to an adult sex can be just sex to a young person who's just discovering what sex is that's a whole lot of emotion going into something that you're not ready to process yet there's a reason why as a society like we know that there's a difference between being an adult and a child and there is that middle ground period that i feel people need to learn to respect more as opposed to sexualize as opposed to put down or like act like it's not an important you know oh you're just a teenager like whatever like it's not it, it's such a crucial development period for a person not just sexually but like mentally developing like who you are as a person and every 
experience you have shapes you. Yeah, it's it is an interesting thing when you look back at that time because like you said, especially with women in that period like in the 60s and the 70s and feminism and the birth control pill coming out and there were all these big things happening for women and I can totally see how it's a powerful empowering thing at that time no matter what age you are like going experiencing that wave of feminism and I can also see how things got muddled there with respecting I guess that these girls aren't quite women yet you know I just thought of something so there was this person I don't know whether I should quote this person or not I don't because I haven't asked for permission yet but there is this smart person in an interview who said to me to me this was a revelation because I am such a Pisces and I grew up I'm Gen X so I just never want to like make a demand but she said that boys need to be taught you know basically don't do that don't rape you know don't do that like don't don't talk shit about women don't talk negatively about women's bodies don't put them down and i just thought you know what i i heard her voice saying that just now when i was listening to you and i thought you know really there's some pretty simple rules it's like don't give the, your fan a lot of drugs don't make her pass out don't lock her up in a hotel room and keep her hostage don't lie and don't rape yeah don't coerce because there's also coercion so don't be aware of your fucking power like these guys, these be aware of your power because these musicians have power. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the time the women are blamed, obviously, but when it comes to like the underage thing, it's like, oh, well, they were dressing up provocatively. They were going out, they were presenting themselves. But again, none of those girls claim to be over 18. That was widely known. It's not like you can look at them and you can see, okay, you're presenting yourself as an adult, but you're not. And again, that's a responsibility of an adult to like recognize that and say no. Interesting. So interesting, Lynx. Because, okay, so you and I are looking at this. What age are you? Is it okay if I ask you what age yes, you are? Yes, I'm 36. I'm 55. So you and I have like, like a whole generation like mm -hmm. of difference. So you're 36, did you say? Yeah. I'm 55. It's 2021. We're looking back at the 70s. This mm -hmm. is so cool because you and I have an almost identical way of perceiving it. And yet we're a whole generation apart. That's the thing too. I feel like we're finally at a point where we're talking about these things, but like not much had really changed from the 60s to now when it comes to these things. I was a teenage groupie as well. I was meeting bands, hanging out with bands at like 15 years old. I was definitely sexualized by them. That scene was still very much there. And I've definitely noticed a difference from when I was 15 to, to now, hanging out with bands, going backstage. Many more are very much conscious of that now. And like, I see them being a lot more respectful, knowing the difference between right and wrong. But I also wonder if a lot of that has to do with now social media being a thing. You can put anything out there instantly now. I know a lot of bands don't like cameras around anymore. People don't want that to be seen. So are you kind of saying maybe it's because it might not be so much some inner awakening or realization or consciousness as much as being taught? I think it's probably 50-50. I'm there are men out there now who have learned in a way that other men from generations before haven't been taught and they do 100% know right from wrong and don't want to be sleeping with an underage person. But I do think there's plenty of other rock stars who still have the glorification of like rock and roll and groupies and like that mindset, like partying and, and all of that, right? Like that's still out there as well. But people like that have to be more conscious of that now because, because again, of social media and all of that. Another fascinating thing though, as well, is how Star Magazine and Cream Magazine and all of those, like they were all putting photos of all these underage groupies in their magazines, hanging out with the rock stars. Again, it was like part of the article, like 
it's not just the music scene knew this was happening, like the world knew it was happening. Jimmy Page, he's like legendary for all the baby groupie things from his past. Well, there's, well, their song, Sick Again, refers to the LA Queens, the group yeah. of women who were baby groupies, or mm-hmm. when they were 13, 14 years old. Yeah. And when it's brought up too, it, it's not like they're admiring these women, it, musically at least, for their great sense of humor and like this. It's like Iggy, like I, she was 13 when I slept with her. It is about the age for some reason for them. That's where it's uncomfortable. And this is why I really like Alice Cooper, because Alice Cooper, whenever he mentions the GTOs and his relationship with Christine, and I don't know that she was underage. I'm not sure about that. But I do know this. The GTOs, some of them were under 18. At least one of them was. A few were 19 when they were like, when they did their album, maybe a couple years older. But they were young. And Alice Cooper always talks about the GTOs as multidimensional equals. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. I think the problem or the challenge that you and I are looking at is that a lot of the other musicians, like Iggy Pop, are talking about the underage groupie or girl and then having sex with the underage groupie or girl. So it's like two ways where women are not seen as human beings. They're seen as a fuck toy. Mm-hmm. And that really bothers me. Yes. <laughs> That really bothers me. And I think that's the, that's the um, lateral damage of like sexy feminism is that when we women try to be as sexually free as boys and men, we're punished for it. Yeah. And then that's all we're seen as. Mm-hmm. So then what's our other option? Our other option is just to be everything else we want to be except sexual. But whenever we're sexual, that's all we are. And that is so not fair. You're, you're absolutely right about that, though. I don't even know if I want to use the word fair because I've decided the word fair might be racist because fair is always referring to white people's skin. So I don't even want to use the word fair. Another element of that, too, I feel that people kind of don't really think about is if these men are glorifying sex with underage women in their songs, there's a whole bunch of men who are listening to these songs and admiring them because they're rock stars and hearing that and might get the idea that that's okay or it's okay to sexualize young women i completely agree and and those songs these these musicians their music just never goes away like it's yeah. all we still ever hear on the radio mm-hmm. i mean it's kind of it's amazing to me how when i was growing up in the 70s i never heard music from 20 years ago, as much as I hear music now from 20 to 30 years ago, like, or even 50 years ago, the 60s and the 70s, it's like, they won't go away. Whereas in the 70s, I didn't hear the 20s on the radio. Yeah, you're right. You're right. (laughs) So, but but that even more emphasizes your point because it's people just hearing over and over again, underage sex, like sex with underage girls. Mm -hmm. That's all they're hearing. Even a, co- a coffee cup that I bought my boyfriend because he does love the Rolling Stones. 
it says on it, like underage sex, like there's a logo of the tongue and then on the back, it's like underage sex. And I'm like, what? Come on now. And then something else I just thought of, this probably isn't a new idea, but Lynx, I just thought of something. Maybe part of the reason underage girls are so objectified is because if we do get pregnant and have babies, or if we do leave our parents' house and go get a job, we actually don't have as much freedom as we do when we're 14 or 15. And maybe these rock star guys are looking for someone who isn't going to be worrying about cleaning the dishes, cleaning up the baby's poo-poo and pee-pee, you know, and having a clean house. <laughs> for sure. I think they're a blank slate. You know, as a 30-year-old woman, I don't put up with shit that I put up with from men as a 20-year-old, especially when it comes to rock stars. If you're in their presence, like you uh, as an admirer, as a fan are in awe, you're ha like just you love this. Like you're happy to be there. You're not giving them shit about, yeah, not cleaning up after themselves or whatever. Or their hygiene, their hygiene. Exactly. <laughs> like you're just happy to be there. And of course, young girls are, are totally in love and admire these men. And of course that must feel great for them. Again, it's not like you're the girlfriend that you have the arguments with or anything, right? You're a blank slate you don't know any better. You don't know any better when you're 14. I feel like Sable is a good example of that too, where like she had fun and then she met Johnny Thunders and that was an abusive relationship and that forever changed her and her connection to being a groupie. She says like, he killed the Sable star in me. Like, well, they are such a great example links because like we girls, like we're women, but when we're girls and women, we're trained into a society that tells us the most important thing is to be attractive. And the most important thing is to be attractive to men, boys yeah. and men, to be the hottie. Mm -hmm. So of course we're going to want to be at, like, we're going to want the rock star who's usually male to like us. So, and Sable, I think even got her, a nose job. And I, and she, I think she dyed her hair blonde. I'm not criticizing those things. I'm saying that we all get socialized and for girls and women, we're socialized into getting male approval. Yes. And there's a really narrow standard of what that is. It's being white, blonde, and skinny mm -hmm. with a little, with a straight nose. And then Johnny Thunders was socialized into being a male, which is to be violent, to be entitled and to be violent and also never to show emotion except for violence, never yeah. to be vulnerable except for violence. Although he was, that song was vulnerable. You can't put your arms around a memory, but it's different being vulnerable in a song, but I digress. So there's such a good example though, Links, because they really represent the social constraints we have, the social training we have, and then people trying to struggle against it. Because I think Sable was trying to be free and so was Johnny. Mm -hmm. They were trying to live outside social constraints and yet, they recreated the most painful ones. Absolutely. Sable's a really interesting woman. I have a friend who was really close with her back in the day. And again, someone else told me this, so I'm not saying like 100% facts, but he told me that she had children and never ever told them about her past, about like the groupie side because I guess at that point in her life, it was too painful. And again, I think a lot of that stems from the Johnny Thunders relationship. That's so sad. It is, it is. And of course she's tragically passed away very, very young. I think she was like 50. It would be interesting if she were alive to hear her voice now and her story from her mouth, because we get these chunks here and there. Like, I'm sure you've read, Please Kill Me. There's you know, pieces there. And yeah, you can talk to friends of hers and hear these things, but she would just be so, so interesting to talk to. Her would be so happy if she could be here right this second with us. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> it would be interesting to know her take on like groupie culture now. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, the whole underage thing from her generation onward. And I would love to know, because I also think, I mean, I could be so wrong, but I do think some of the underage girls were not messed up by it psychologically. Mm. I think they, I think a lot of them were just simply having fun, doing yep. drugs, having sex, not being hung up about it. 
just having a good time, wearing cool clothes, not having to have a stupid job. The other thing about Sable though, is she was rich. So she didn't have to worry about the money thing. So she had a lot of things going in her favor to put her, because she's actually sort of in an elevated status too. Not as much as the rock star, but she really is. Absolutely. So there's a lot there to think about too, I think, with does it mess somebody up? Like I, I know Lori Lightning has said in interviews that when she was underage and she had that sexual, emotional love relationship with Jimmy Page, she mm. said, you know, it was the most amazing time of her life and that she was in love with him and he treated her like a queen. Yeah. And so... Oh, that's the thing. I never would want to victimize someone or tell someone they're a victim if they don't feel that way exactly and i'm happy that's that was her experience and it was a positive for her and she looks back and is happy with her her life and her life choices and the experiences that she's had so yeah and in no way would i ever be like well let me tell you you're wrong (laughs) like no no same here I agree. I think it's just going forward, especially it's like, should that happen? Should the option be there? No. Should Jimmy have been doing that? No. I'm glad it didn't affect her in a negative way, but it's like a 50, 50 chance really, you know, and that's don't take that chance. Don't do that. Well, it's like in the book, my dark Vanessa, you know, she talks about having an affair or I don't even know for the word affair. She has a sexual relationship with her teacher. And she's young, she's underage and he's not. And it did, according to the author, it did mess her up. Yeah. And it's such a good book, Links. It's such a good book. Oh, I'll check it out. My Dark Vanessa. But it reminds me of that police song, Don't Stand So Close to Me. Because that song does something so clever. It blames the woman, the girl. Exactly. And that happens so often in these songs too. Again, you never hear a song about an underage girl without it being sexual. She was just 17. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's always about their looks, their youth. Oh, I just had a very negative thought. <laughs> oh my God, I just had such a negative thought. Oh my gosh, I just have to say it. Okay, so it's the teenage girls who really drive the sales. It's the teenage girls who are consuming the albums. And they're like calling up the DJ where they were back then and suggesting the song that's going to become like the number one song. Mm-hmm. And so then the musician gets to earn money from her adoration. He gets to objectify her in the song. He gets to have sex with her and she's the one who gets stuck with the baby or gets abandoned Yeah. or used. Oh, and he gets away with it yet again. Yeah, I'm sure you know, oh. I think her name's Julia Holcomb. Steven Tyler back in the day in the seventies had a 15 year old girlfriend whose parents signed guardianship. That's right. Over to him. And she has done interviews since then and come forward and said that he got that because he told her parents it was to enroll her into school or something. And she ended up getting pregnant. And she says that he coerced her into having an abortion. And now that life experience affected her so deeply that now she's like a pro-life activist. It is so funny you say that. Okay, so two things. That sounds similar to Ted Nugent, who had to get guardianship when he married someone who was underage. It also sounds like Elvis Presley, who was dating Priscilla Presley when she was like 14 or something. So we got to look at what that means when the the older man who's having sex with the underage girl also gets guardianship. I mean, talk about patriarchy. Talk about patriarchal control. The other thing is, it's funny you mentioned that about pro-choice and pro-life, because I was just thinking today about how... A few of the women I've known who've had abortions were coerced into having them by the man. And that, that's like more collateral damage from something. I mean, we have to be pro-choice. If we're not pro-choice, then that's just the beginning of more oppression. Even if you don't believe in abortions, it's better to be pro-choice because then you will never be forced to have an abortion because pro-choice is about having the choice. Yes. So I just wish that this culture would allow girls and women freedom and respect and sovereignty. Yeah. I mean, it goes, it goes back to that phrase that happened before we were even born, or maybe it happened when I was born. My body, my choice. But then yeah. also though, but links then, if a 14 year old girl filled with hormones wants to have sex 
a 25 year old man or even a 19 year old man who's over 18 and he's high and he's horny too. It's like, she can want to have sex, but as an adult, you should respect that they're not of an age where that's legal and that you should be sleeping with them. That's a good point because it's actually illegal. And then the other thing links, it's like when I think of having sex with a 14 year old boy, no matter what he's dressed like or how mature his body is. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to do it. Oh, even a 20 year old guy. I'm like, no, ew, it's so gross. The idea of it just, <laughs> it's so gross. Exactly. There are children. Like I don't children. care what you look like. Right. You're a child. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly it. You're, they're children. Yeah. <laughs> it's so gross. Like the idea is so gross. So gross to me. It's the youth thing. And again, it's like the blank slate thing. Like they put up with more. I for sure at that age was just like excited, especially if they were an older guy, you think you're special. And that's, that's how they trick you too, right? You're so mature for your age. You're so special. Like, and then you end up putting up with way more than you would because you don't have, you don't have life experience to know better. You don't have life experience with men to like realize what is toxic and what isn't. That's it. Exactly. It's like one time my boyfriend and I were listening to this song by one of my favorite bands. I hope I'm getting the song right. It's by Free. The one that goes there, she stood in the street, smiling from her head to her feet. I think it's all right now. And I remember we were really listening to it. I really love that song. But my boyfriend pointed out, I'm like, wow. This song is all about this guy seeing this girl on the street. So already he's got power because he's doing the looking. So he's seeing her on the street and then trying to hook up with her. You know, and I was just talking about that. And my boyfriend said, yeah. And then he's making her feel uncool if she doesn't be with him. Yep. She's making, she's, that song is making her feel like she's, there's something wrong with her if she's not casual. Yeah. You know? Yep. So it's really tricky. It's like this trick. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like making us feel like it's our fault if we're having sex. And then it's also making us feel like <laughs> there's something wrong with us if we don't have sex. Oh my God. It's like a total gaslighting situation too. And again, it's the same like with rape where it's like, well, you shouldn't have been wearing that then. Like you're underage, like you shouldn't be dressing so provocatively if you you know, blaming young girls for that instead of just respecting first that you can wear whatever the hell you want to wear, you can do whatever the hell you want to do. But again, as an adult, it's that's not an excuse. Well, I knew she was underage, but like, did you look at her? Did you see her? Because like, you know, if I'm going, it's like Gloria Steinem said that about jewelry. Like if I see somebody with some fancy jewelry on, does that mean I should steal it? Yeah, exactly. If I see you're wearing a necklace or a pair of earrings I really want, links and you're wearing it in front of me like you're wearing it right now like I really want these little ear things you have on I really like those I really do actually I want to <laughs> switch them out but like does that mean I get to take them from you yeah I wanted to ask you I know we got to go pretty soon but I wanted to ask you you mentioned gaslighting a couple of times tell me more what you mean about that that's interesting to me what do you mean it's a conditioning it's conditioning through music conditioning through film conditioning through all of these different avenues where, again, like you said, also, like, we are taught that our job is to be sexual for men, basically. We're supposed to be pretty. We're supposed to be sexy. We're supposed to do this, that. And then, yeah, you hear your favorite rock stars writing songs about sleeping with underage girls and even if not sleeping with them, glorifying their youth. And you're not kind of looking at the bigger picture as a child because you don't know better you're hearing that you're being taught that is what you're supposed to do and then you do it and then you get blamed for it or you get looked down on or treated differently or you're I don't think you're real like you never realize that you're also being used right like these men want you and they like your youth, but what they really like is the idolization that you have for them. That's so interesting. See, that's the other thing. I think that second wave feminism didn't 
want to have happen. But I think what's ended up happening and we're trying not to make it happen is how girls and women end up just being used. Mm-hmm. We just want to have sexual freedom equal to men's. We just want to earn the same amount of pay equal to men for equal work with this equal education. And yet we're still just sexualized. Mm-hmm. Like we want sexual freedom, but then we're sexualized for it. And you can be sexualized and used and not feel that way or feel that you also used a person. I'm not saying that that's how you should feel, feel however you feel about it. But even if that's not your personal experience and how you feel coming out of it, for sure, it still is that experience for a a rock star to meet a young girl who just absolutely idolizes them and they sleep with them they're using you, they're getting something out of it. And again, it still might be a positive experience for you, but like, that's also what they're getting. Especially because we're in a culture that tells men they can be sexual and tells women, girls growing into women that we have to be romantic and have long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. And we are the ones who get pregnant. So the stakes are higher for us because the social conditioning tells us the guy's supposed to want to marry us or at least see us again. Yes. The stakes are higher. It's just a higher thing. And then there was some other song I wanted to mention real quick. I heard this on the radio. I couldn't believe it because it's like a punk rock song. It's called, it's, I think it's called little girl. And it's like, I love little girls. They make me feel so good. So it proves what you were just saying, which is this idolization of the underage girl. Cause little girl has to be like an underage girl. It implies that anyway. And you do have like kiss like Christine 16. I think there's a line in there about like, she's young and clean. Like, it's just so disgusting. It's so disgusting. You know, and this actually goes back for so long in patriarchy about girls and women being considered unclean. And if we're sexual, there's something wrong with us and how boys and men are just weak in the face of our sexual sexuality. And yet we're the ones who are disgusting and gross. This goes back. This is like, we see it in films, we see it in art history, we hear it in songs. Yeah. Good Morning Little School Girl by The Grateful Dead. There's so many examples of that. Like you said, Don't Stand So Close to Me. That's a great one. Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon. <laughs> and again, it's like you're, you'll, you become a woman by becoming sexual. You become a woman by sleeping with me. And like, don't you want to sleep with me? Don't you want, like, it's just interesting links because there are so many ways to become a woman that aren't sexual yes exactly but you never hear about them in a song i wonder too like why all these songs all songs like most songs it's always about romance and sex why aren't people talking about all the other stuff that's in the universe there's so much more or else or along with it i just got a flash of bill wyman marrying that 14 year old girl mandy smith and it, this happened in the 90s. It's not even like the crazy decades and decades ago. Like this was, and they made a big affair of it. Everyone knew it was in the magazines. Of course, plenty of people were grossed out and you knew it was wrong, but it was still, he was still able to do that. How about R. Kelly and Aaliyah? Yes. I mean, they're totally, she, I think was 15. They got married. Yeah she produced her album right and it's called age ain't nothing but a number and if that's not obvious influence from him trying to rationalize his behavior and yeah i remember i had that album i loved her back then and like everyone knew about it she was amazing yeah but yeah she was being taken advantage of this is someone who she's working with and she's underage she's a teenager there's there are so many elements there it's just, it's crazy to know that kind of stuff happens. Still recently, in recent times, Prince and Maite Garcia, she was 16 when she, I think she also moved in or he had her move there when she was underage and had to do like a guardianship thing or something to get her to work and everything. It's interesting, again, but that it happens quite often with big musicians, with rock stars, because again, these men through music, through generations, through history of rock and roll are seeing that like, that's okay as well. It's an influence on young women listening to these songs, but it's also an influence on these men thinking this is the rock and roll lifestyle. I got, I got my, my young 
hot girlfriend. I got the sex. I got the drugs. Like, I feel like we need to now kind of recognize how messed up all that was and like take a step back and like redefine rock and roll and groupies are still going to be there there are plenty of groupies who are of age of consent and plenty of women are still going to happily want to sleep with you you don't need to have an like stop glorifying young girls who are just coming into their sexuality interesting link so well said you know it's so interesting too because you know i'm vegan and so i and i really do think there's a a parallel with how animals are treated and how women and girls are treated and I often think about how so many hunters feel like they're so great when they go into like the animal's territory and kill the animal. And I always think, how is that so great? Like you're sneaking up on the animal. You've got a weapon. It's not a fair playing field. <laughs> how does that show that you're great? It shows that you're a sneak and a creep and a murderer. That's what it shows. I'd be more impressed if the person like slept in the woods overnight and woke up with a big panther across from him or like. You're with your bare hands like if, yes. you, have a, if you have a gun yes. and that animal doesn't it doesn't even know you're there like how is that a right. fight it's exactly not- exactly so it might sound weird when i say this because in a way i guess i am comparing women to animals but i'm actually not what i'm no, doing experience. is experience it's the ex- it's the experience and so i kind of feel like i just realized this when you were talking i never thought of this before so I want to know why the rock star, why it's such a mark of power, especially sexual power, to have sex with someone who's underage, who is unformed and ignorant. And yeah. by ignorant, I mean uneducated just because of the age. Yeah, just doesn't like have how, the life experience you do. So how is that impressive? Like, it's not that difficult to convince a 14-year-old that you're great, especially if you're on the radio. Like, yeah. how is that? They already idolize you. <laughs> So how is that such a big thing? I'm just now realizing that. Like, yeah. where, show me how, Mr. Cool Rockstar, with all your great albums and your incredible talent and your fabulous look, tell me how you had to, like, do something challenging to convince a 14-year-old fan to have sex with you. How is that so impressive? I'd be more impressed if, if that rock star convinced, like, a 25-year-old or a 40-year-old or even a 55-year-old, hey, I'm worth your time. Exactly. Yeah. Like you said, it's prey. They're easy prey. That is what I think. Oh, my gosh. It's true. And my my inner 14-year-old girl, I mean, in some ways, I'm really glad I wasn't in a big city. I mean, I so often wish I'd been 14 in the 60s and the early 70s. I so much would have loved to have the experiences of the LA Queens and Cynthia Plastercaster and the GTOs and oh gosh, Emeretta Marks and just, oh my gosh, all these women had such cool experiences. But then I think knowing me and who I was when I was 14, I don't know that it would have been so great for me because um, I just don't think it, maybe it wouldn't have been. And I think, I don't know. Well, that's the thing about it. It's like, yeah, that's such a important time in your life. And you don't know how it's going to affect you. You don't know how those experiences are going to shape you. And it's great that a lot of that came out of it with a positive experience, but it's totally okay. It's totally normal as a 14 year old girl to have those wants and needs and urges and thoughts and feelings and want to have that experience. That is completely natural. It's just not natural for a 25, 30, however year old man to be taking advantage of a girl who's just discovering herself and wants those things, but isn't yet equipped to mentally and maybe physically even deal with that. Links, I just thought of something. You know what? I think boys need to be raised to be more mature because maybe part of the problem is that these 25 year olds, these 30 year olds, no matter how manly they look at that age, emotionally and mentally, perhaps they're just not that mature. For sure. I totally agree. And that's exactly why, you know, when we were talking earlier, I'm like, I can't even imagine sleeping with a 20 year old. Like that absolutely disgusts me. It's because yeah, even a 25 year old, like they are barely mentally mature, but like, if that's the equivalent of like the 14 year old girl, like that's where it's like, yes, this is wrong. 
yes, this is wrong. And again, even if you're the most mentally immature human being at 25, you do know like laws, you do know right and wrong. You that's true. There's no excuse there. That's true, Lynx. You know, there was this other, this person said something to me that was so smart that I'd never thought of that when you're an underage person, a band backstage or at the hotel or in the limo, wherever you are with the band, everybody else around you is getting paid by the band. Everybody there is for the band. So there's no one there to protect the fan. Yeah. Huge power imbalance. And yeah, you don't, you don't realize that, but you, young girls are the ones that are most vulnerable in that situation for sure. And just in case it is okay, I'm going to ask this person, but the person I quoted twice, she's the one who told me about the power imbalance. And she's the one who said the boys should be raised. Like, don't do that. Her name is Dr. Fredara Mariva Hadley. Dr. Hat, Dr. Hadley's the one I interviewed. I'm going to ask her if it's okay in case you quote those. Cause she said those two things and I had never thought of those things. Yeah. I'd love to hear people's thoughts on this episode. I would love to get more input from women, female listeners, male listeners, everyone. I'm sure a lot of listeners also have experience like this. So yeah. And I'm still in the music scene, but I'm not a groupie going around meeting bands intentionally anymore. I'm genuinely curious to know what the scene is like now and if younger women are still feel that power imbalance or realize it's there. Uh, I was trying to think of more recent songs as well that idolize youth or sexualize youth, but I feel like that was a huge thing from like the 50s to the 80s, I guess. And or even the 90s with R. Kelly. Yes, I guess, again, different genres. Because I feel like once grunge came out and they were like such a feminist scene, that's kind of when that shifted as well, in music at least. I'm sure, you know, I'm not saying things weren't happening behind the scenes, but what a great era that was, huh? With like rebelling again against the male bullshit before them. I loved it too. I mean, really, when, when Nirvana and Hole were around, I just thought, I mean, say what you will about, anyone can say what they want bad about Courtney, and maybe it's all true, but I am so grateful that we have such a badass rock star who's a woman. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I guess that's also the era sort of when a lot more female-fronted or all-female bands, women were getting more into music, and that's probably... I mean, that's most definitely helped shift the rock and roll scene away from the baby groupie scene and things like that. So yeah, it's an interesting, it's interesting to watch the progression of these things. And it's interesting to be at this point now with me too, and people talking about their life experiences. And again, yeah, we all have different ones. So it's important to hear these female stories and to look back and learn how we can be better. I love that. And that's exactly why the unexamined life is not worth living. Like we have to look back and yes. learn from what we've done. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I was just thinking is I do know a current musician who has a record label and I was thinking about the name of it and I really like it. And it's called Respectful Lust. Respectful Lust, I think, says a lot about this person perhaps has looked at what's happened before and has decided sex is healthy, but let's be respectful about it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's the thing too. It's like, it should be like a two-way thing. It's not like, don't objectify me. I'm not your toy. I'm a human being. I'm a person. We're doing this together. Let's be respectful. Let's do whatever we can for both equally to enjoy it. I don't think these men were ever thinking about these young girls. It wasn't about them. They were objects. I think there may have been, I mean, I'm not positive, but, and I agree with you, but I was just thinking of two different guys I met back when I was 13. And I do remember he did, he did hand me a dime and say, call me when you're 18. And that was pretty cool. But then he handed me a quarter and said, that's for inflation. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, I was thinking when you were talking, I thought, you know, that's the way it should be. Exactly. It, it made me feel good, but I didn't have to have sex with him. Yeah. And he knew that he was too old. Exactly. Yes. I recognize 
your attraction. I recognize I'm attracted to you. I recognize that this can't happen because it's wrong right now, but you can have a little flirt, make you feel good. Yeah. And move on. And why can't that be enough? A flirt. And I wish I'd called him when I was 18. You know, I really wish I had. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the big thing that really solidifies it too, where it's like, it's not like these men didn't have plenty of other women they could have slept with. They Tons. Choosing 14 year old girls. And they had women who were, I mean, I know we're not supposed to talk about looks and everybody's beautiful. I'll say it this way. These musicians have women who fit the current idea and ideal of beauty. Yeah, they weren't lacking in choices. Right, that's a great way to say it. And this is what they were choosing. And that's, again, where it's, more, it's about more than sex at that point. It's liking the, the youth of a person, liking that they're not fully developed, liking that maybe you can objectify them a little bit more because they don't know better or they don't have the means to communicate their needs because they don't know them yet. Okay, so I can't name a name here either, but I do want to say there's this famous person who was in the scene and he is known for liking underage girls. And a friend of mine went to his apartment and she saw a full-length poster, the Richard Prince artwork. It was a poster of the Richard Prince artwork of Brooke Shields, like pretty much oh, naked. Yeah. And she was like a real little kid, like 11 or 12. And it was, I even Googled it because I wanted to see it, but I started to feel freaked out that I was going to look at a sexualized kid. Yeah. And I just thought we all have our own sexual needs and our own sexual quirks and what we like. So maybe the key is like, if you like people dressed up as little kids or little kids made up to look like grown women, maybe the key is just to do that with someone who's about your own age or of age, the age of consent, as you said, and you can just play dress up like, oh, Kim Gordon in that weird video by Sonic Youth, she's dressed up as like a little girl and it's so bizarre. But like I thought when I watched that, well, okay, she's the age of consent and she's dressed up like a little kid. If you're doing that with a willing adult, then okay, maybe you just want someone to dress up in something like a little kid. I mean, I don't want to like critique someone's sexuality. It just has to be legal of consent and with somebody who understands what's happening. Absolutely. And where it's a, where it's a level playing field of power. Absolutely. Yes. That's well said. I hope so. I don't even know how to like wrap this up because there's still so much to say. There's still a lot to process. I feel like as I'm talking about this, it's like a million thoughts in my head and like trying to put it into words is kind of difficult, but this was a fascinating conversation and I hope listeners, I, I, I really would love to hear from listeners on the topic and see where everyone else's head is at with these types of things. And it's an interesting thing too, because again, so many of these men are still alive. And like you said, like they've gotten away with it all and they're living like beautiful grand lives. And I don't even know where to begin with, should there be repercussion at this point in life? Is that, how, what would that look like? It's a lot when you're looking backward. I feel like the most important thing is to look forward and make sure that we all do better. That if we witness these things, that we all speak out about it too. It's like we're in that scene. So many people were around. And like you said, a lot of people were getting paid by these people. So like, I get why it's not as easy to speak up in that kind of situation. So just like, even if you're not getting paid though, the money is a big thing, but also just, it is difficult to speak up because it feels bad to be ostracized. It feels bad to be the only one saying something. It feels bad to be made like, to feel like you're crazy or insane or wrong or too sensitive or too emotional. All these things I felt my entire life about almost anything I've ever said in a group. Like yeah. I always have, and it's, it's very difficult to stand up for what you believe in, especially if you're the only one standing up. For sure. And of course you do get to a point where it's like, well, if no one else sees an issue with this, am I overreacting? You don't want to be put in a position where you feel a certain way. So yeah, it, it's a hard thing to do. 
and I'm sure it's prevented a lot of people from speaking up when they wanted to in the past. Again, thank God that Me Too and all of this is coming out now where it's like, especially with the youth now, they're being brought up seeing this. And I feel like it's going to definitely register and going forward, a lot more people are going to speak up, I think. And a lot more people are learning right from wrong in a way that seemingly was a gray area back then. It's not a gray area. It's not a gray area. It's not. So it's good. It's good that we're talking and it's good that the younger generations just have this from the get-go. It really is. Lynx, I love this. Thank you for talking with me and for doing this. And thank you so much, Lucretia. This was an interesting and difficult topic to discuss, but yeah, plenty to think on as well. So thank you. And I love you. <laughs> I love you, Links. I love you so much. Thank you for doing this, this whole podcast that you do. It's so important. Women's, girls and women's stories need to be heard. It's always a constant effort to make sure they are and you're making sure. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Muses is researched, edited, and produced by Lynx O'Leary. Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.